stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Oh, God, it's finally time to talk about the racing. Yeah. Oh, what? it. You are the world champion! Welcome to episode 122 of the Motorsport 101 podcast, or as I like to call it, 121.5. Basically, um, yeah, again, as we mentioned, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing to break this up into two because the grid goal talk we had in episode 121 went on a fair bit longer than you know we expected. It it's was like a an lot hour to and 20 unpack, minutes. it is a lot yeah. to unpack, and we want to thank especially Hazel Southwell, our, our lovely guest who is returning for this episode, as well as our super sub Zoe Hamilton. Uh, for just helping guide us along, and we hope that our discussion was able to just like shed some insight, you know, maybe change a few opinions, and just be entertaining as well. It's almost like they never left or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> should we talk about some of the actual racing itself now? Mm. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know, that, yes. is that a thing? Yeah, um, so so let's talk a little bit of. Yeah, for, yeah. Well, besides F one, because there wasn't there wasn't much to talk about besides that, really. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Formula E because we had what was it round four of their championship? Yes, round four. Four. Yeah, round four. Round four of the Formula E championship in Santiago, um, and um, guys, like bad news for fans of the Grand Tour because the cheetah actually won something, but it's the other cheetah. It's T cheetah, and he had a one-two finish. And I'm How about that? I'm nice. I'm so stunned that this is the first ever one two in this series. Like I'm really surprised that this is the first time. I was time curious about that. Anyone's I, I gone. am not at all surprised that it's the first ever one two. You think you're Formula E? Formula E is Gosh. really interesting for like if you look at any of the um it's very rare apart from the people at the back of the grid. Uh, for teammates to end up qualifying or finishing close to each other. Like it's really not so, Yeah. It, it, it's weird because like, like I remember like I was watching the race and I saw the 1-2 and I, remember, I, I immediately thought like, has there actually been a 1-2 finish in Formula E before? And I couldn't think of one. So I thought that so it turns out I was right. It turns out that, that, that there hasn't been one before and uh, yeah this is the very first one and it turns out like our friend and yours, everybody's favorite, Jeff, <laughs> leads the way. Who, to I actually thought trip. this was his first career Grand Prix B Prix victory, only to realize he won in Montreal. Yeah, he won in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was there. Hazel was, was there. there. Yeah. Um, nobody, uh, yeah, nobody talked Montreal, about that, of course. Uh, like, uh, I, I was in the media center with Luke. Uh, uh, Luke Smith and like I can't remember literally which of us said this but like one of us was like it would be really Jev to win when like nobody gives a shit (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah yeah he did that yeah Um, yep he did that indeed which like um, there was a perfect storm of things that happened this weekend, one of which is that I wasn't in Santiago, which is why I can record this, Um, (gasps) uh, rather than just, like, dribbling on something full of jet lag. Uh, But 
Um, uh, Kylie was there. Um, Kylie Minogue. Uh, and Jev won. Uh, which are, like, that's two of my goddamn favourite things. <laughs> um, uh, and I, for I once, Hazel, you, did, you, you didn't jinx one of your favourites for once. I'm actually very impressed, you, like, the curse of Southwell didn't rear its ugly head here. No, sort of. Above, no, by well, me it, not being it, there. Um, yeah, it, it, it did a little bit with Mitch Evans having a bad weekend. Um, <laughs> I mean, the curse of Southwell did claim many faves. Like Sandberg <laughs> crashing in Super Bowl and things. Um, oh man, Mitch Evans can we as well. talk about all the crashes in qualifying? Because that was kind of so Formula E. Oh god, like, very. I have probably never seen a more perfectly timed piece of comic television uh, than when Jack Nichols and Dario Franchitti's uh, commentary like hit a crescendo of panic uh, and an, an excitement. As Andre Lotterer, the last out in Super uh, Super Bowl because he had the fastest time in group qualifying, and like we can talk about the fact that Andre has completely stepped up his fucking game uh, in a minute, but like um, uh, him coming out just as they're like, and it, can Lotterer? Lotterer is the only person who could be his teammate, and like basically as they said teammate, he just like perfectly stacked it into the wall. It was incredible. Um, I've, I've, in in some ways, I've never seen anything. I mean, if he was, like, I, I would respect if he did it deliberately, because like it, it was a beautiful and pure moment in Formula E's history. Um, and like, I've been really worried about Formula E, uh, for partly because I work in it, and so like professionally, I'm quite invested. Um, but also, uh, like, just concerned because, like, we've got all these manufacturers coming in and, like, all of the, like, proper dudes and whatever. And, like, uh, maybe we're gonna, like, have to be boring and, like, proper now. Um, and every single race of season four has been, like, increasing the level of hysteria and, like, yeah. general bonkersness in Formula e. It's like, um, if you thought the first season was crazy, they were like, no, we're going to beat that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's literally like, hold my magnum of GH mum. Like, <laughs> watch this, guys. Um, like, and, cutting to an aerial shot and then, like, seeing a shot two seconds later of Andre Lotterer literally plowing into the back of his own man. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even almost mounting, uh, which is always a great... <laughs> thing it's it's just no, absolutely like, no. ramming straight up the tail end of your teammate yeah Laura went in dry plowing and it, down it, 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 straight and just plunging into the back of your teammate Ooh. were you uh, on for a bet hazel at how many sexually new energy you can get into one episode because no, you're doing quite well so far I, I, I welcome to the well, thirst we're, cast we're, we're recording a two-parter now and now i've had two glasses of wine so i'm sorry <laughs> 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 I love that the Charlie's listening to our Discord just goes, Hazel, this isn't your fanfic. And it's like, <laughs> oh. are you sure about that? No. This is not Alternate Universe 1372 of the Formula E World Championship because we disapproved of the start times. Is that the reality where <laughs> yeah, Dario I mean... wears a black t shirt instead of a white t shirt? Um, yeah, it's it's one of several, in fact. There's a few where he wears tie-dye. 
Like, oh, those are dark universes. I don't know, though. I mean, like, maybe there's a universe. There's almost, like, part of me where it's like there'd probably be a universe out there where we don't need Formula E because actually we didn't spend the 20th century destroying the planet. Uh, instead, we invented good, efficient battery technology and all cars are Formula E cars now, or whatever. Well, I, well, I mean, yeah. like, the battery technology wouldn't have been, like, viable until, like, the 80s, where, like, we had computer systems, like, good enough to manage, you know, a massive turbocharger, which, like, feeds every F1 fanboy's, like, wet dreams, but we also have, you know, battery technology. That's true. I mean, like, because, uh, yeah, I mean, like, battery technology is the main thing that's holding back um, wide-scale electric vehicle development. Um, battery technology is also why the 20th century was so reliant on carbon fuel. Yeah. Uh, because it was literally cheaper and easier to combust things in, like, just the most absolutely brutally inefficient way. I mean, if you look at the process of combustion, it is basically the same process as goes on in a steam train um, with a bit more fancy teching. But it, it's and we went to we went to the moon with that shit. Well, no, I know, but like how? Um, yeah. And, uh, like compared to the incredible efficiency of of um, uh, electrical power uh, for this kind of thing, and uh, like the first electric vehicles were actually invented over a hundred years ago, or in the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yes. It's just that without yeah, well, any real yeah. way of storing large enough amounts of energy. Yeah, because up until, like... Because ara- batteries are an arsake to develop. Yeah, because up until, like... We've just never gone there. Yeah, up until, like, the 1910s, like, the world land speed record were held by electric cars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like... Uh, uh, I can't think what, I, what point I was going to make here. Just, like, yeah... Um, it's a shame that we're only just getting around to it, but also that it's really great racing whilst we're doing it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but yeah. let, let's talk about shitty reliability, <laughs> Audi. Um, Lucas yeah, Degrassi Audi, is oh, is oh, is like yeah, like Lucas is four for four on mechanical retirements this season. Like that, like that is like a Toro Rosso level of like <laughs> being up shit creek. Um, and Audi, I think they said the other day they have like literally zero explanation as to how Lucas's defense title defense is now pretty much already up in yeah, smoke. We're, we're um, a third of the way through the season, and Lucas Degrassi, the defending champion, has zero points. It's the mango livery. They shouldn't have ditched it. No, it is. yeah, that like, is what the made the cars go. Curse. <laughs> It's, it, it's, it's, as Catherine pointed out the other day, friend of the show, it's like, you know, it's a bad time when Jerome D'Ambrosio has more points than you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give it, give I mean, it, so I it's... think there's two things that have really fucked with Audi. Um, Go on. One of them is I genuinely think Lucas is distracted this season. Um, yes, he definitely is. Uh, he, he just, he's distracted. Uh, some of this is on Lucas. Um, and Lucas is obsessive um, and very insistent um, like um, but he is also quite like um, 
Lucas doesn't bat to lose. Um, and Lucas had essentially had the team built around him. I know it had Daniel's name on it, but um, the team was very much built around Degrassi. Um, and the Audi team is not really, actually. Uh, it's an Audi team that's built around doing things that Audi want to do. Um, and that, I think, has changed a few dynamics within it. Um, I think uh, they have obviously had quite substantial... It's not like full personnel change, and Schaeffler are still making the powertrain. But there, are, there have been some uh, shuffles. Franco Ciacchetti uh, left, um, and he was a very important part of the team. Um, and I think you do have to look at that, and then look at the fact that they have reliability issues. They also have straight-up stupidity issues. Like, the thing with um, Daniel's car in Hong Kong should not have happened. There should not have been the wrong part in the car. Um, so even though he gained no racing advantage from it, it's fundamentally banned in the rules to put a different part than the barcode that you said would be in there in the car. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that's going on. You can see the fact that Daniel is very, very focused, uh, is, is rewarding him with better, uh, um, uh, results. Yes, than Lucas. So and still has time to crack great jokes. Take away from him, he has consistently been ahead of Lucas in. Uh, so Santiago was the first race this year where he has not embarrassingly outqualified Lucas. Um, and I think you know Daniel is very very motivated this year. He he's taking the Audi factory drive thing very seriously, um, and. Yeah, the the team, it's lots of little things. And Formula E is really difficult. You rock up, you get one day to build, uh, maybe two days to build. You have to sort everything out. Park Ferme hits uh, pretty early, so you really need to have those cars in good shape. Um, and you just have to have everything. Like, There's no margin for error in a single race day on the driver's parts, on the engineer's parts, on the general setup of the team. Um, and there's very few people in the garage. You're only allowed 20 members of staff in the garage. Uh, and it's a real challenge. And the margin of making it work is so tiny that you can see both Audi and Renault, who have dominated the last, uh, the first three years in terms of the teams, um, there's never been uh, so the situation we had going into Marrakesh where uh, neither Sebastian Buemi nor uh, Lucas Grassi had a single point um, you had never reached race 3 of a Formula E season without both of them having had a podium uh, previously um, and like I don't again I don't know what it is in Renault um, probably the fact that they're leaving and resource has been pulled out a bit in advance of Nismo taking over the team. But both of the teams are pretty stricken and they have just lost that, that very fine control that made it work. And you can see that Mahindra, that DS Virgin, that Tachita have, have stepped into that gap and 
and that is what makes the difference at the end of the day if you've got a fairly competitive powertrain and there's no fucking helping Andretti they're just screwed yeah just stop mounting it transverse <laughs> well, well, yeah, we're in, we're now in the crazy situation where Chichita not only lead the drivers' championship, but they also lead the teams' championship, which mm. is weird. Which they are the, the only like, customer team. Yeah, they're the only customer team, and they lead the drive the teams' championship. I, I think their team being fifty percent Drays is absolutely the defining factor in this, personally. <laughs> Please. We need more Andre-related content on the show. This show demands it. They don't look, they don't look at me, man. <laughs> I, I, I put in my fair share. At least I like to think so. <laughs> but, um, um, Andre, yeah. uh, previous to this weekend, and I think this might still stand, but I'd need to like run the numbers again, uh, but relative to the number of Formula E sessions that he had participated in, he had the highest... Uh, number of disqualification or highest percentage of disqualifications ever seen within Formula E because uh, he kept like parking the car in the wrong place and like doing stupid shit and whatever. Um, which, yeah, Andre in Hong Kong compared to Andre in Santiago. So, yeah, Titita are a customer team. They don't get the manufacturer testing time. They only had the Valencia test. That is the only time pre-Hong Kong that Andre had driven the car. Um, Hong Kong was a write-off for him. He was yeah. pretty composed about it. Um, and I think, you know, it, it was sort of to be expected. By Marrakesh, it was obvious he was becoming frustrated. Um, and that he wasn't... He wasn't content to not have mastered it. Um, which I thought was a potentially good sign. Because uh, Andre is an incredible racer. He's, he's never been in a series where he hasn't won. Um, uh, apart from Formula 1, but that was like once. Um, and like I was wondering when it would kick in I was not ready for the way in which it kicked in <laughs> and, like I don't think anybody I don't was god if they hooked no, up I don't the think anybody was it, it, that they put on Alan McNish to Mark Preston I can guarantee it would have been very alarming uh, I really thought they were going to smash each other up and yeah. I was quite into it um, at the same time it's like <laughs> gripping my face and screaming um, God. Are you sure this isn't your fanfic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everyone thinks this of me. I would know. <laughs> I would know that I wasn't prepared for the way Andre Lauder stepped his game up because I was watching something entirely different at the time all this was going on, and all of a sudden I hear Andre Lauder is in po- Super Bowl. What? Andre Lauder is huh? fighting for the lead. Whoa! Yeah, the, sa- the sound of a man that's done that before, but I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And it, I don't know this. This whole situation to me, it really just really paints a picture that anyone could be drivers' champion this year. Well, except if you won the championship before. Besides that, anyone could be drivers' champion this year. Yeah, it's like except for Lucas, obviously. But um, you, we, say, we even, you say that like Nelson Nelsonio PK is not fifth in the standings right now. Yeah, and Buemi is fourth. <laughs> Buemi is fourth. 
And we haven't even mentioned Felix coming from 16th to finish in 4th. A real champion's drive. The one that could, you know, if, if Felix goes all the way this year, which is looking fairly likely at the moment, the way Mahindra's going, I mean, that, that was, they pulled that 4th out of the fire this weekend. I mean, the way it's going, they could look back on this performance as one and say, you know, it could have been one here at Santiago, given that Mahindra were having a real dog's dinner of a weekend until the race happened. Um, so... Uh- yeah. I mean, also, uh, Mitch Evans came from the dead last of the grid with a 10-second time penalty, and he made up a phenomenal number of places, um, which, like, he has been really quick in qualifying, um, but kind of not quite as able to um, manage the 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 like race as well as uh, Nelson has in in the first uh, three rounds um, but uh, Mitch was driving like he just heard that there was a two for one sale on pastel khaki shorts at Hollister baby oh yeah uh, so, somebody had said there was some you know like uh, some new Instagram stickers uh, only available if you scored points this race and, and my god he was going to get them um, but yeah, he, he came from 20th to 7th. Mind you, there were six retirements. Yeah. It helps. But I, I, I think you shouldn't have to say, mind you, that there were six retirements because just being able to finish is, you know, an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, that given was two that, cars yeah. out at the start of the race. Yeah. Nick, what were you doing? It's okay. They shook hands about it, they were cool at the end. They were. Yeah, Nick's gonna buy Daniel a beer. Everything will be fine. Nick will probably make some really witty video about it on on Twitter at some point. <laughs> you know, taking time out, taking the leaf out of the Andretti book of throwing shade at the Grand Tour. <laughs> you know, we, we will settle this one way or another, like gentlemen. But um, yeah, it, it certainly helps. <laughs> but. Um, it was it was it was it was a loaded race, but um, before we got into the into the weekend, we haven't even mentioned a couple extra things. Well, T Cheetah and Dragon Racing getting fifteen thousand euro fines. They tweaked with the safety harness. Apparently, this, this is in the wake of the new rules. This was the first weekend where the minimum pit stop time was removed, and uh, yeah, fines for everybody, yo, fines for everybody. Yeah, so um, so this this was. Um... So a lot of people were like, this is really inconsistent because like normally, because Formula E are so brutal with penalties given how few races there are. Um, uh, Like, you know, Daniel's disqualification. And um, uh, over a technical, uh, technicality that uh, absolutely gave him no on-track advantage. Um, Mm. But... um, uh, it could have in later rounds given him an on-track advantage, but in the context, did not. Um, but yeah, I, to- I-, I was totally for that because it happens in bike racing on a semi-often basis. It's like Moto Two Sakanakagami had a podium place taken off him because he had a part that wasn't designated as well, even though it had no performance advantage. So I wasn't all surprised that I was like, oh well, yeah, if that's happened, he's, he's yeah. going to get DQ'd. Yeah, like yeah. well, uh, um, like is there was there like any uh, notification to what exactly the modification was? Because it was rumored that yeah, it was... so it, it was it was a non-standard but still technically safe 
fitting of the seatbelts. So the seatbelts this um, uh, race were changed. So Formula E has normally used um, the quite complex single-seater harnesses yeah. um, that you would expect to see in, say, um, F2 or F1 or whatever. Obviously, it is open, open cockpit racing, so that makes sense. Um, however, they moved to uh, harnesses that you would have more seen in WEC and specifically uh, when there were the open top prototypes that raced at Le Mans. Yes, that's um, what I heard. Yeah, so uh, it is still suitable for an open top car, um, but it's uh, just a bit easier to do up basically with these sensors. Yeah, because like yeah, the the the, pro- the sports car prototype harnesses they have handles on them so whether it be a crew member or the driver themselves can actually grip the the harness better to strap a driver in quickly yeah yeah um and i think basically they like slightly modified the way that they fitted um i'm not really sure It, it 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 was in a fashion that the fia sensor devices uh, that are on the seatbelts still felt that they were properly done up. So, it, it, by modification, I don't think it can have been particularly massive. It's not like they were saying, like, okay, yeah, we just like stick some Velcro on this bit and that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I think uh, wh- whatever it was, it was either a deliberate non-fitting of them uh, or possibly a varied uh, or just a varied position. Tachita in particular uh, may well have a problem with theirs, which is that Andre is about three times the size of any other Formula E driver. The dude is huge yeah. compared to the others. He's enormous. And, uh, I think literally they may they may genuinely have just like moved some shit around to uh, to sort that out, um, or they might have been doing one of motorsport's greatest preserves and uh, the way many championships have been won, which is called skillful cheating. Um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, it, it was a an infringement that technically is not actually against the Formula E rules. Um, it's just... Um, so it's, it's not in the sporting regulations that you can't do that it's just that it wasn't the way that they instructed them to do it which is why they have it was it was issued a fine not a disqualification yeah so basically yeah. games gamesmanship yeah yeah sorry yes that's that's, that's the phrase we one. use isn't it not skillful choosing yes. <laughs> so that that was a fun one as well um and before we even had the weekend, um, whew, Formula E launched their second generation car, and um, I can't remember the last time a a brand new car was met with such universal praise. Y'all, that damn thing looked like a goddamn wipeout ship, <laughs> but with wheels. But with wheels. Oh dear. And I, I, I would it, say it's a really good car, like. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a great car. Like, I was not expecting this to, to be the new Formula E car. No, I mean, like, because I, I kind of... Um, I don't know. Formula E has gone in several aesthetic directions, and 
I kind of I do like the cast now, but when they first debuted that whale shark front wing, I was like, holy shit, guys, what the fuck have you done? Um, <laughs> and like the kind of like dorky side pods that are always falling off during races, I'm like, mm, do we need those? No. Um, but uh, yeah, like um, the new car, it looks really mean. It looks it's it's. It is a like street beast, and it it looks it looks so mean, yeah. and it I like the way that they've gone for a very like dubstep Sex Panther look. The same Though, way that when Jaguar's car came out, and it was like, damn, that looks nicer than anything else. It's a shame that it's going really slow. Um, but yeah, I I like that Formula E of just outright. So they did a massive rebrand this year, and a lot of it was very much based on thinking about how to fit into urban environments and how to fit into uh, branding on everything from like uh, street level advertising to um, the way that you present a patch to sponsors um, and taking that on a very different disruptive marketing level um, and uh, it, it's not just like slightly weird purple chevrons and the blue chevrons um and with uh yeah with the new car they're clearly continuing to to think about themselves as an aesthetic marketing proposition you have to make the cars look great um it will have more downfall so it will go faster um it's going to corner like like a nasty little bitch yeah um and there's so many when they yeah, like, the, 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 despite, despite, you know, the series saying that we're not going to release any of the technical specifications until the Geneva Auto Show, uh, one loose-lipped Lucas Degrassi has already stated that it should be capable of, you know, being easily going over 300 kilometers an hour, which is an old muddy 100, 186 miles an hour. And I'm like, mm, Yikes. That, that's, you'd have to get along straight, like, Based off of like the the power increase that like it's estimated to be like up sixty seven or so horsepower up on the current car. Yikes, that's a lot though. Given that they're, in, they're, they're they weren't pumping out that much in the first place, and to have a sixty horsepower increase is huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> though my pet peeve with a current car. At first, it was rumored that the car was going to have like no rear wing, and I was a, I was a bit on the fence about that. It seems like they were on the fence too, and they decided to put a re- like a rear wing on it. And I'm like, mm, you could have you could have like not had the rear wing. It probably would have looked better. Yo, can we talk about the LED lights and the halo? If used properly, mm. that shit's going to be dope. It's not like you're going to be able to see it. It's not like you're. When gonna are we be... going to have a fucking night race? We're yeah, have a fucking night race. Um, it, 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 it it's it's too busy being like the, the the holding pod to tell the fans that like the, the ship in front of you's got like missiles or something like it's like something in the wipeout games. <laughs> also, other me. random pet peeve about the Formula E rebrand thing I hate the most that their new typeface doesn't have doesn't have lowercase characters. So they decided, oh, let's re let's re let's change the way how we spell Epre to to accommodate that. <laughs> It, it, they, they have to make the brand louder, King. Like, like you have to have capital letters like EPRI! <laughs> like, oh, you want, like, that is the most, pre- most pretentious nitpick I've ever heard <laughs> on this show, King. And I've done over a hundred episodes now. 
Like, holy cow. Like, even by your standards, that is bad. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. But, um, yeah, like, I love the look of that car. I can't wait to see it in action. That looks awesome. I, I, I really, really can't wait for that. That Alejandro so guy, please, please put blue speed-up pads around the racing line, please. <laughs> I'm here for that. One thing I have to add is, like, with, like, both IndyCar and Formula E both releasing, like, their, their next-gen car sort of thing, I love how you had IndyCar look to the past for their inspiration, and Formula E went to the future, and the two of them have came out with these incredible designs, like, both of them have, like, they look like they should be race cars, they look like they should already be race cars. Yeah, because I... Oh, I, I don't want to, like, like completely, like, be possessed by friend of the show David Land, but it's like, yeah, of course they're going to look so good, because they're spec cars. It doesn't matter how they look. <laughs> King is, like, ticking all the that guy quota for the day. Like, I mean, I love the look of the car, but it's pretty much, yeah, the only reason why we're able to get cars that look so good, because they're not really designed to be comp- I mean, they're, they are designed to be competitive, but they're not, like, designed to take every single advantage that the technical regulations has. Right. That's I'm fine that- with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah mean, me too, surprisingly. Uh... <sighs> um, I mean, there's gonna be more spec parts on an F1 car in a few years than there are in FE certainly or I suspect IndyCar I don't actually know very much about IndyCar IndyCar um, the car is like nearly almost the entire thing spec in IndyCar mm-hmm. okay uh, yeah I mean like yeah by the time you get to oh, oh god I mean I know this is harking back to like last episode but people who get like really animated about like the idea that you're banning something that isn't even being banned we're so like fucking into the idea of banning shark fins even though they make cars faster and actually do improve racing oh anyway um yeah i mean it's it's a fair point that actually the fact that you can entirely uh prescribe the shape of the car means that you can you can make uh you can design something pretty heavily. Yeah. And it's... I, I have no issue with spec in certain degrees. Like, I think Formula E does it well. Where, like, probably maybe the battery being spec, that's for competition reasons. But, you know, the fact that the powertrains aren't spec is really good. And, this, and the f- fact that the chassis has to be spec makes sure that the teams don't have to spend, like, pointless amounts of money doing aero developments in a a series that's supposed to be about electric cars. Yeah, 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 completely. And uh, I think... um, Yeah, I think that there's something incredibly important and um, which makes Formula E incredibly attractive in the fact that the cost is literally restricted. Um, you know, the new Formula E car will cost, like, I think they were saying, like, 250000 Yeah, Maybe I think... Yeah, I forgot. I, def- oh. I definitely saw a number somewhere around there. Yeah, but, Alejandro like, had that's... said what the new what the, what the new cost cap was going to be for next year. It was about a 40% increase, despite there being, like, less cars. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you only have to uh, have three per team and stuff. So you have the two that you use and one spare, I think. Um, for, you know, if anyone waymies it in FB2, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that would work, actually. Um, okay. uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great car. It's a, it's, it's gonna look really mean and really good and I'm kind of there's a lot of people who are like oh it still sounds shit it's <laughs> like well deal with it yeah <laughs> I mean really it's just like oh what are you doing then are you watching like they probably weren't cars? watching anyway yeah. like, <laughs> well no exactly I mean they're not watching anything is the thing yeah they're not like, watching anything um the, you know, the, the people watching who for the grid goals, say obviously. they don't watch F1 anymore because the noise changed. It's like, well, you're not watching F1 then, so... Like, yeah, so, so yeah, apparently the numbers for next season, uh, the cost of the, like, including the cost of the powertrain, which is capped at a uh, quarter of a million euros, uh, the cars won't exceed uh, 817,000 uh, euros next year. You can, you can almost buy a season ticket for F1 races for that sort of money. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. What should we talk about next? Go on, RJ. You, 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 you can take this one. Um, let's talk about the Daytona 24, no, the Bathurst 12. What about the, the day, Dayhurst, the Bathtona 36? <laughs> Bathtona um, sounds, Bathtona sounds funnier. We'll, uh, we'll go with the Bathtona yeah. 36. Let's, you know? let's hit the high points here. Fernando Alonso was there for United Autosport at the Daytona 500. Uh, excuse me, the Daytona 24. Wow, we're really jumping yeah. the gun on this breaking yeah. news. <laughs> yep, wow. yep. The actual but. Daytona day. Uh, but yes, Fernando Alonso did drive for United Autosports at the Daytona 24 hours. Are arguably not the quickest driver. That would be one Lando Norris. And they were knocked out of contention early. Cadillac just wiped the field with GT with the prototype class, as you do. Um, goodness, what else did we see in this one? Uh, Ford had a 1-2 finish in GTLM, which made a lot of people salty, considering they weren't really that quick in the testing, and then all of a sudden, oh, they showed up. And when has Ford, what has Ford ever been accused of gamesmanship in a BOP championship? I'd never heard of such a thing. Scott nah. Dixon also won this race, by yeah. the way. Scott you, Dixon. You, you're, you're, all, you're all shocked. <laughs> you're all shocked. Scott Dixon wins. Lol. Basically. <laughs> Speaking of gamesmanship in balance of performance, Land Motorsport got a five-minute stop-and-hold penalty for falling afoul of BOP infraction. There was nothing wrong with their fuel rig. There was nothing illegal. Everything was homologated, but they basically um, they basically uh, uh, optimized every part of their fit process to where they would take a what refueling would take normally forty seconds. They were able to do it in thirty-five. Now technically. Now, now, again, nothing was illegal with the car or the fuel equipment that they had used, uh, but it was a balance of performance infraction. It is against the rules, and thus they decided to have a five-minute stop-and-hold penalty, which uh, mm, is still debatable. Yeah. No, no, well, no one liked that. Literally, I hadn't seen anyone defend that. No. Nobody. Not even their fellow competitors. Even they were like, well, this is some bullshit. <laughs> 
Lamborghini also won their first 24-hour race, by the way, which is something incredible when you consider how long Lamborghini has been sports car racing. But this is, but only in recent years have they ever like put a serious push towards it. So good for Lamborghini. Um, Indeed. And a week later, we have the Bathurst 12-hour, and boy, um, ish. of course, the Rolex 24 had a, yeah, the 12-ish hours. 11, it, 11 and three quarters. <laughs> um, I can I can say thankfully thankfully that drivers like Ash Walsh and um, and um, who was the other gentleman? Oh yeah, John Martin. They were involved in a horrific smash up at the top of the mountain that uh, effectively stopped the race early. Um, but the good news is they're okay, especially if you look at the what's left of John Martin's Mercedes AMG. You're like, ooh, you shudder to think if that was a right hand drive car. Um. Robin Friends. We always thought that Robin Friends was going to win a race on a Formula E race weekend, <laughs> and by goodness, he did it, along with Stuart Leonard and Dries Vanthor for Audi Sport Team WRT. That was Audi's first win at the 12 hours since 2012, and Lawrence Vanthor, Dries' older brother, had the greatest quote of congratulations. Oh, congratulations to my little asshole brother for winning the Bathurst 12 hours. <laughs> But I say this about Brother Ryan on a constant basis. It's great. <laughs> um, they w- they arguably would not have finished this race. In fact, Robin was saying they wouldn't have finished this race if it had gone the distance. Wow. So they, yeah. they, they, were, they, they were that far up the creek in terms of fuel. I mean, right. Robin is quite a pessimist, to be fair. True. When he's a yeah. All I'm saying is it was a bad week it was a bad couple of weekends to be Christopher Meese of Audi Sport. Um penalized for that BOP infraction at the bat at Daytona, and then his car breaks down with two hours left at Bathurst while he had a chance to probably run away with it. <sighs> not not a lucky fortnight. No. Also, also, if you were missing all the safety cars and full-course yellows at Daytona when they set a uh, distance record, in fact, the GTLM cars smashed the previous distance record from, uh, from set in 1982. Um, you got plenty of safety cars at Bathurst. I believe they only got to, like, 227 uh, laps completed in 11 hours and 40 minutes. That's um, really not a lot, jeez. Yeah, that, that isn't a lot. Of course, Bathurst has spots where it's tricky to retrieve cars that are literally uh, stricken at the top of the mountain because obviously you can't like crane them off because there are some places where it's literally impossible. You have to go get a flatback truck, drive it all the way up the mountain, and then drive it all the way back down again. Oh, and Chaz Mostert, who set pole position, by the way, um, managed to throw away all of his goodwill in the last two and a half hours of the race by causing an avoidable wreck. Ugh. Oh, Chaz, why you gotta do this? Oh, man. Um, I, I enjoyed uh, watching and listening into both those races. I would say, maybe depending on your perspective, probably this wasn't one of the best bathrooms. 12 hours. This was an interesting Rolex 24 at Daytona. It may not be your cup of tea if you don't enjoy like curb stomping beat them downs and like races where like everybody like all but four cars finish off the lead lap but it, it was good in its own right sure 
like it, it's it still draws in many a crowd on Twitter. I'll say that much. Like even though like this wasn't like. I remember, like, the hype for this event started, I think, a couple of years ago when I still am mesmerised by how great Catherine Legg was in the first three hours in the Delta Wing a couple of years back. Oh, my but... gosh. You know Catherine Legg finished second in GT Daytona. She did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. And she, she has did been having a really good bigger. time in GT racing recently. Like, uh, oh just my. towards the end of the season, there was the um, WeatherTech uh, race. I can't think what it was apart from Brandon as I pointed out to King it. it was very fitting yeah as I pointed out to King it was very fitting that on a race held on the day that um that uh carts assets were sold away to open wheel racing series back in 2004 that we had Sebastian Bourdais Catherine Legg and AJ Allmendinger all in contention to win their categories yeah yeah how old school <laughs> Very much so, very much so. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying RJ that I think by now the full repeat of Rolex is on YouTube now on the yes. YouTube channel. Is that yes, and yep. you can and you can pretty much watch the entire Bathurst live stream back as well. Go check it. Awesome. Just check out the Rolex Twenty Four and the IMSA channel, and go check out the Bathurst Twelve Hour um, wherever you can find it. Yeah. And I, I'll say I, I didn't get to watch very much of this because I was at work for both days of the weekend, which is kind of a bummer on that one for the Rolex 24s. I do, it is like the only IMSA race I do genuinely make an effort to watch because I am a terrible motorsports fan and I will embrace this. But I did get That's to fine, see Lance Stroll out there in the wet. But like Lance Stroll was killing it out there for the very time I saw out there. So like Stroll is going to be so good one day. <laughs> He's going to be so so good. Um, but um, yeah, like, Lance Stroll, he learned nothing from Felipe Massa. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they certainly didn't learn anything about wet weather driving. That's yeah, true. like that, that'd be fun. Like him, Lando Norris as well. Were awesome. Keep an eye on those guys. They 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 are they are going to be excellent, excellent racers one day. Oh, let's talk a little bit about the race of champions as well. And um, oh, it, it's um, actually quick it, quick show of hands. Who actually watched the race of champions? <laughs> I didn't, but I heard. But I heard they had brought in an Indy Lights champion, Joseph Newgarden, <laughs> notable uh, for winning the Indy Lights championship in 2011. And of course, don't know what he did. He's don't know what. He what did. happened to him? Is, is he been up to much lately? Who knows? Maybe it's like a it's like a Peter Dempsey story. Wins the uh, wins the four wide finish at the Freedom One Hundred and goes on to do absolutely nothing afterwards. Probably the same thing here. But great to see Joseph turn back up. <laughs> nice, good, good to see him down there with some of the lads, some of his Penske teammates as well, like like Jack JPM and, and Ohelio was uh, was enjoying himself. Uh, him, him and the folks down there in in, in Riyadh as well. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'd say a special shout out to you know one of my favorite guys on this show, like Mr. Fingerwag himself. I know you're listening, Brandon. Um, congratulations out there, man. Um, that, that was awesome out there. Great to see esports represented so well down there. With not only Team Sim Racing taking part in the Nations Cup, but also having their own esports event um, down there as well, which is really really cool. And, uh, and um, he got in the goddamn car. Yeah. Like. Like. Brendan, like, I really like Brendan. I, I've got loads of respect for him. Um, he's a really uh, lovely dude. Um, and, like, uh, you know, for a teenager who's hand, uh, had to, like, take some pretty fucking horrible criticism on Twitter, 
Um, he's, you know, very robust, uh, mm-hmm. as well as incredibly talented um, and funny. Uh, and he signed up to do the Race of Champions as in actually drive it, having never driven a road car. <laughs> That's bonkers. <laughs> I uh, he was that. just like, yeah, sure, do it. And you know what? I would do the same thing, and I respect that attitude. Um, I mean, I have driven a road car, so I can't do the same thing. But, like, um, yeah. Uh, but would I insist that I could drive a Formula 1 car or some bullshit? Absolutely. So, like, that's that's more of the attitude that we need from racing. Um, and, yeah, he, he um, like... Obviously, it's very difficult to compete with people who have literally won motorsport championships. Uh, but he certainly didn't disgrace himself. Uh, and, yeah, big big respect for just, like, rocking up and being like, yeah, I'll drive the thing. Um, uh, so Of course, the one thing that would have been better than having a world championship is having no world championships. <laughs> the race of non-champions. The David Coulthard Invitational. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, David well, he Coulthard. Does have a championship now, though. What day he, he won the race of be... champions. That means he's the champion. Of champions. Mm. One day, uh, I'd be really fascinated to find out how much he gets paid for that shit. Yeah. Well, David Coulthard ran the table. He was undefeated in his group and ran through the entire knockout stage without a single race loss. <laughs> I'm not disgruntled about this after la- after the year before's event. Not, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, I'm not, I'm not salty about this at all. It's like, it's, 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 it's not been a good week for my sports. <laughs> well, though, <talk>, okay? <laughs> big shout out to the same driver who was in the uh, race of champions, uh, Rudy Van Buren. His fastest lap time was actually he didn't finish bottom of his group. He got one win, which in his group, Timo Bernard didn't get a single win. His fastest lap right. time was better than Rene Rast, Lando Norris, Joseph Newgarden, the Saudi home team. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, shout out to, to Rene again. World's fastest game winning the McLaren esports contest earlier this year. Uh, actually, earlier last year, I should say, technically. But um, yeah, that was another very impressive thing to keep an eye on as well. Mm. Should we talk about the opposite side of sim racing as it pertains to motorsport in the news? Um, Andre, who doesn't have an active iRacing.com subscription right now? Apparently the guy who had a boner that big a few years ago when he was in F1. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it's, okay, it's but Scott You don't speed. have to throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's got speed, ladies and gentlemen, and um, uh, like I read this in shock. Like it's 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 like wait, former Formula One driver gets banned from iRacing, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, like, <laughs> like it is actually a pretty widespread issue on iRacing, where actual racing drivers would go onto iRacing and just drive like complete like complete assholes. Is that is that like the, like their way of like therapy? It's like I had a really bad day, so I had to go on our racing and ruin other people's day with with like non real cars instead because I can. It's like is is that like some sort of like deep therapeutic cleansing process or something? I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. I just I just wow. I just don't understand this at all. And um, for context, 
for context, there is some global rally cross content. What is Scott Speed's uh, series of choice? That's right, it's global rally cross. <laughs> of of course, jeez, um, looks uh, like yeah, it's like Scott Speed in two thousand and six was the first American driver to compete in Formula One in thirteen years. Confirmed that the driver, the iRacing, had suspended his account. The sanction follows a week in which Speed was captured on a live stream pursuing and trying to wreck a fellow racer. Speed, in a comment to the drive, insinuated that his actions were retribution for being wrecked himself earlier in the race. I quote, The penalty for my action if protested against is a suspension which I accept and received, he said. I personally feel like a man protesting a guy who I just accidentally wrecked out of the lead for returning the favour. But that's me, and I understand that thinking is not treating iRacing with the appropriate amount of respect and is wrong. For that, I sincerely apologise. Like... The, the thing you should take note of is because it was captured on a live stream. If it wasn't, like, if there was no footage at all, nothing would have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like the, like, the internet is out here. The internet has receipts. It, uh, it remembers these things. I always thought it was quite funny. Um, but, it's, uh, yeah, like, I, you know, it's kind of crazy when the, one of the first people I saw commented on this was, like, probably the biggest rising streamer in Motorsport Circus, and that's Jimmy Broadbent talking about this. And I was like, What's Jimmy doing talking about Scott Speed? And I'm like, oh shit, Scott Speed got, <laughs> got suspended. What? <laughs> what? What is going on here? Um, so I, I, I thought that to be very bizarre, but something I ha- we had to mention. What does it's getting like suspended the... from iRacing do to your super license? Mm. Mm, that, that is an interesting question. Like, we might have to take some points off it. Like, like, should we just put it in a block of ice? And it's like, you know what? We'll put it in a three foot feet thick block of ice. And tell Scott as soon as you can get it open, you can have your license back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if uh, Scott Speed's super license is really a going concern. Uh, it's not. Say, it's not going to affect his main bread and butter, which is Global Rallycross. They're not going to do shit about it. Yeah, he's a former champion. Uh, Could I also tell you about yeah. this uh, briefly about the story about how Stoffel Van Dorn, when he was in Formula Renault Euro Cup, was actually accused of using grip hats to be successful in uh, Formula Sim race events? <laughs> That's basically the cut and dry of it. Of course, this was before he became McLaren's hope of the future, Stoffel Van Dorn. And also, I should, I should correct myself. Scott Speed is not the former champion. He is the reigning, defended, undisputed, three-time world gro- global rally I, I cross want, champion. I was about to say, then he wasn't there. <sighs> yeah, this is this is kind of like this is kind of like seeing uh, the aforementioned Michael Van Gerwen for the last episode just rock him at a pub game <laughs> and just just cough behind the players while <laughs> Justin Pipe. <laughs> just blowing or, air horns while they're on the throw for a double. Or, or be like Adrian Lewis did last week and basically put a hand on a guy. Oh my god, we had Darts Fight Club. We had Darts Fight Club bringing our two favorite tastes together. <laughs> oh, did, did you see this? Yes, I did. <laughs> there wasn't much punching going on. He grabbed his neck, but that was just like, oh shit, this might as well just be fisticuffs. Oh my god! It's like, you know, like darts. You get a lot of pettiness. You, know, you get a lot of um, quote unquote like skirmishes. But like 
on a side note, we've got to talk about this because like we are dance guys on this show, and like Adrian Lewis is like a hilarious character in his own right. He's like the he's got the world's most fragile ego, but he's also the world's nicest guy when he's in a good mood. But uh, like seeing Adrian Lewis point fingers at, at this guy during a qualifying event for the UK Open next this week. This is a goddamn floor event in front of an audience of zero, like in front of a yeah, live well, audience of zero. Yeah, it's like it was just a stream, basically, and that was it. And he's he's putting hands on a man's neck. I'm like, what the hell? Um, crazy, crazy stuff. I don't think Lewis has tweeted about it since, funnily enough. But he has been suspended by the BDC while it's under investigation. Um, <laughs> but oh my god, like like what the hell, Adrian? What the hell are you doing? Um, anyway, like better like, than Scott Speed, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, you know, catch these hands, I, I guess. But, um... Whew. Yeah, you, you, you can tell that the, uh... You could tell that the NASCAR mentality is really rubbed off on Scott Speed. If he's talking <laughs> about, like, he wrecked me, I'm gonna wreck him back. Yeah. At, at, least, he, but, at least he didn't go, like, full Nelson PK. Don't ever go full Nelson PK. <laughs> And if, you, if you're going to go full Nelson PK, like, aim for the body, not the helmet. Like, you get that, absolutely. My team that, the... Nelson PK. No, no teasers needed. None. Yeah, you just, None you, just, you just kick him in the dick and you just run. <laughs> Ryan, can you want me to never get into a fight with you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just kick him in the dick and run away. <laughs> That's the Nelson PK strategy. Sounds like a plan, yo. Sounds like a plan. He proceeds to hit as my face with his. As a journalist, I have to uh, issue that uh, I do not believe these things about Nelson Piquet. No, no, no. The, the person who make these allegations. It's it's not a, it's, <laughs> it's not allegedly. This actually happened in a NASCAR truck oh, series. Oh yes, it did. This happened oh, okay. in a NASCAR. Yeah. Wait, yes, I do remember. Nelson Piquet actually see. did this. Yes, he did do that, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Oh, fair play. Carry on. Oh, okay. On the subject of Brazilian second-generation drivers who have driven in NASCAR and now drive open wheelers, Mm -hmm. um, Dale Coyne made it have uh, are about to confirm that Pietro Fittipaldi and Zachary Clayman DeMello, or Pietro Zachary Clayma Fitta DeMello Paldi, as they call them, are going to split the number nineteen car. Hashtag two guys, one car. Oh. King, uh, go away. King, I'm gonna fight you. Like, what? Oh I'm just God. stating facts. I'm not making any obscure references, Dre. Pietro well, Fittipaldi <laughs> will start his schedule at Phoenix. Uh, excuse me, ISM, ISM Raceway. Uh, That's still so weird to say. It'll be the second round of the championship. Fittipaldi will also drive the Indianapolis Grand Prix, the Indianapolis 500. Uh, the Texas Oval and then the road courses at Mid Ohio, Portland, and Sonoma, with Zachary Claymo getting the other races and potentially a fourth Indy 500 car alongside Sebastian Bourdais, Pippa Man, and Pietro Fittipaldi. R.I.P. TBA. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sad news that, that TBA is, is is ending their career in IndyCar. Nah, nah, TBA least, will return on a hiatus. TBA <laughs> will return next year. 
He's, he's taking a Mickey Hackenden length sabbatical. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, how how strong of you are a believer in the theory that you can only beat who's ahead of you? Very strong. Strongly. Very strong. Um, uh, I, I don't support this view, but that's because I work in Formula E. <laughs> Pietro Fittipaldi had six wins... In a championship previously won by the likes of the aforementioned Robin Frins and also Carlos Sainz Jr., Robert Kubica, and Kevin Magnussen. Um, but it wasn't a very good field in Formula yeah. V8. Just so we can reiterate, one of the reasons why Pietro Fittipaldi decided to come to IndyCar, not Formula 2, is because Fittipaldi received zero super license points for be- winning the championship last season because Formula V8 couldn't uh, keep the minimum of having at least 12 drivers in every round, so they forfeited their rights to any super license points. Yikes. That's Yikes. brutal. Uh, it's a shame because I uh, Formula V eight three point five has been like um, uh, obviously Renault themselves abandoned it a while ago, um, but it's it's been a really good racing series and I'm sad to see it go. Indeed. Um, I I actually genuinely rate uh, Young uh, Fittipaldi and kind of have like a, a like slightly great anecdote from Marrakesh with him. Um, or not yeah, really didn't Marrakech. he do really well with the rookie test too? He did all right, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing about the rookie test is like they were rookies, but the teams were genuinely testing. Um, testing time in season for Formula E is pretty limited on the current cars, uh, so you can't necessarily judge any times off what they were doing. It wasn't right. the fastest, but it, it was far from the slowest either. Um, him and uh, Paul DeResta uh, seemed to do a good job for Jaguar. Jaguar seemed pretty pleased. Um, and uh, yeah, um, he seemed to have enjoyed himself. Uh, I got so there's not very many flights into or out of Manara um, during January relative to any other period of the year. Uh, so a lot of us were getting like slightly odd flights. I booked my flights to Marrakesh very late, as I assume Pietro did as well. Um, and it turned out that he was travelling back to London. Uh, which So we got on a plane that was going to Lisbon with uh, an awful lot of people, including the entire of the Monte Carlo-based Monterey team, and uh, like a whole bunch of people who live in Monaco like Alan McNeish and James Ruster mm. um, uh, and Paul DeRester um, all of whom somehow saw me at an airport terminal and like gravitated like this woman must know which gate we're meant to be at and I was like I don't know what you think you're going to the same place as me but okay um, uh, the entire of the airport was just riddled with Formula E at this point so it was like everyone recognize each other um (laughs) and uh yeah so we get the flight to lisbon and we're all changing and they all go to nice i assume or or some similarly close location uh and uh we get the flight onwards to london uh which involves me and pietro standing in the in the kind of like door well of a airport transfer bus for like 
it was probably only 15 minutes but it was a really sweaty 15 minutes um like kind of trying not to look at each other uh whilst about three centimeters apart from each other um, write your own jokes in people yeah it, it, it was it was an intense There's and, your fan fact. um uncomfortable end to uh, the weekend um but he you know we all got our flights he seemed fine um and he went back to wherever he lives in london um, but yeah, he's a, he's a nice lad, and um, he's a grafter, uh, which like not everyone from a racing dynasty is. But um, he's yeah, he's earnest. He's a grafter. He's not as young as he looks because I thought he must be about fourteen. Oh, no, um, no, yeah, right, right. You know, anyone born after nineteen eighty nine must still be about seven years old because surely that's recent. Look, um, like Hazel, keep keep thinking. I was born in '92. Keep thinking that he's 21. Yeah, 21. He's 21 officially, um, but he's a so child compared yeah, to Zachary Clayman de Mello, is, who is um, turning 19 this year. Or IndyCar, or whatever he's doing. I I know what the US racing series mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 good luck to him, and I hope he does well. And like, if he's done fairly well in V8 3.5, which actually did have some. Although it wasn't a big field, a lot of the field was quite competitive uh, because there were quite a few people who, like, if you look at Tom Dillman, had been in there for a really long time, which Tom wasn't in it last year, but, but like, you end up with a build-up of expertise in 3.5. And also, uh, 3.5 is obviously pure combustion, so that experience will map very well onto... Uh, going into an Indy car as opposed to going into something like a hybrid. I mean, um, they run F1 turbos in Indy car or, or Formula E. Um, so yeah, I, you know, go on Pietro, have a good time. <laughs> Hazel, don't worry. If, if the races will be up on YouTube quickly enough, you'll be able to follow them. I will give you updates on them. Jimmy Vassar's back too. Oh god. Jimmy Vassar's bought into part of Dale Coin. Specifically the number eighteen car, which looks gorgeous, by the way. And so <laughs> do those two fuzzy spotka cars. Hmm. I never thought it'd be throwing praise to Fuzzy Zeller in any one of his endeavors, but man, those cars, especially Pickett's number twenty one, God. Yeah, so they nice. they picked the right Shea Green for that mm -hmm. Carpenter cars this year. The, the number 18 team is now Dale Coyne Racing with Vassar as in Jimmy, the 1996 champion, and Sullivan as in... Wait, who's the Sullivan? Is it the same Sullivan from KBSH? Uh, yes. I think it, yes, it's, I think it's, it is. It's James Sullivan. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, the delivery is stunning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It Vassar's looks like back. a late 90s Jordan. It does, like the whole like Benson and Hedges, and like you know the whole like I don't know what the hell they call it the front of the, the front of the car on the side of like the the mouth. Um, that was that was really cool. I, um, like that's why that's one of, that's one of my favorite ever racing liveries. Admittedly, uh, the the coin car, the render looks terrible, but when you see when you saw the car at testing, it looks much better in real life than in the mm -hmm. render. Similar to the one we had revealed today, Tuesday, February the 6th, uh, can you have strong feelings about Scott Dixon's new sponsor? Oh, yes. Scott Dixon's new sponsor is PNC Bank, which is my bank. 
And yeah, most likely the reason why they decided to become Scott Dixon's sponsor because he drives for Chip Ganassi Racing, and Chip Ganassi is from Pittsburgh, and and PNC Bank is a Pittsburgh bank. Did, did Chip like literally walk into his local branch and go, you know, guys, I've got a great idea for yes. you. <laughs> yes, literally Chip Ganassi and Chip Ganassi Racing are both customers of PNC Bank. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Chip thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's it, you just, uh, just put some french fries right in the middle of that sub sandwich, oh buddy. Oh my god. <laughs> like, oh, quote god. from Chip. As a Pittsburgh native, PNC was a trusted brand I grew up with. I opened my first account as a teenager, and that relationship later expanded to include my business financing. This is this is going to get really awkward in case Chip Ganassi ever finds any trouble with his business. Soon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> can I just say that after Thomas Webb put, uh, said it to me on Twitter, I can no longer see that car as PNC. It's the Iron Brew car. It, it is the Iron Brew car. Nah. It's very blue and like, it's like if, if this was OSW review, like the what <laughs> bar for that car would absolutely be an Iron Brew. Now nah, I just need to look at my credit card to realize it's not. <laughs> now, I I am going to to make up a wee box of sweets and it's going to be all Iron Brew bars. I still think, and I know we talked about this earlier, but I, I still think the season two Andretti Formula E car was more Iron Brew. Oh my goodness, yeah. It was basically, yeah, it, it was. reminded me of the Blue Falcon from the F Zero games more yes. than anything. Uh-huh. Uh, it absolutely was. Like, I, I'm not denying that for a second. That was absolutely what it was. Um, whew. But, um, guys, I think we're just about done here. No, nope, right. no, nope, we we yeah. got we got oh. one big story left. Oh Go yeah, on. IndyCar yeah. is you know testing. Oh, that one. Yeah, testing their windscreen at uh, which I'm just gonna say the raceway in Phoenix because I'm not using their corporate name. No, f- fuck that. <laughs> I'm never gonna get used to it. I'm not gonna even try and get used it, to it. It but, is uh, weird that they've named the raceway. Fuck that. it it is not the first time that has happened in the united states charlotte motor speedway who decided to we're going to be like lowe's motor speedway after that lowe's hardware store auto speedway formerly california speedway yes the annual challenge of spielberg Mm. but uh, king i didn't want to upset the f1 fans by talking about the the bloody shield, you know. No, no, it's a windscreen here, Dre. It's a windscreen. Oh. Sorry, sorry, my bad. I, I forgot the technical term. Um. No, because anytime we anytime we mention the shield, we have to play, you know, shield's entrance music. Oh, you mean the the one with the acronym? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, quite right, and um, like, guess what, guys? All all the indie car fans really like the look of it. They think it's all right, you know. So it's like everything's gonna be okay now. Okay, motorsport is saved. Yeah, and then all the F one fans are like, "Why can't we have that?" Mm-hmm. Which is like, we don't even know if it actually works yet. Calm down. I mean, one of the things is like why they're going more towards the, the windscreen than the halo is because they race on ovals and if you have a crash in an oval 
the chances are that crash isn't going to involve your car going into a wall. Yeah. And I no, I think it's more of a visibility issue because on the ovals, because they're banked, drivers have to be looking up. And if they're looking up, there's something in the way if you have a halo. Uh, that too. But I think it's, an, it's also a safety thing. It works. It would if it was all. If it was like F1. It's just roads and street courses. It'd be fine. I, I mean, the halo structurally would be fine in IndyCar because it is. Uh, it's the the halo is a part of the the monocoque. Like it's a part of the chassis. So if the chassis breaks, you're ha you have way bigger problems than the halo if your monocoque breaks during a crash. <laughs> yep. Hmm. But yep. IndyCar decided to uh, ha make a prototype windscreen designed and manufactured by PPG, which is like a very advanced plastics company. It's made out of uh, like Opticore material, which I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's the same material that they use in like aircraft windows. So they're ah. they're designed to like deflect bird strikes. <laughs> Sounds reasonable enough. But the, the biggest issue that you get with any, like, canopy system, which, it, it's it's refraction. It's, like, it, it's the same thing if you look into a pool. Like, it's it's not, you're not seeing one for one what's under the water. It's, you know, refracted. Yeah, because this was the problem when um, Vettel and a couple of the other drivers tested the windshields in F1. And they were just like, wow, that makes me feel like well, super nice. nauseous. Because um, the refraction Yikes. and also the fact that because it's not a total cockpit, um, you can kind of see over the top. And because yeah. drivers use so much of their periphery, it's just like you've got bits that are refracted, bits that aren't. Yeah. And you, you don't see these issues in like, like military aircraft or things like that because the people don't realize how much larger the cockpits are compared to like a single-seater race car where like uh an aircraft canopy is like about like five times the size of like the stuff that you like the shield and the windscreen are so like refraction's an even bigger issue because of how how tight the curvature is but they're they're having scott dixon test it yeah so, of course. So like, so it's going to be a success. <laughs> so it's going to. So so like, what PPG are thinking about doing, like what they're trying to do, is trying to make the windscreen as thin as possible to limit refraction. Mm. So basically, they're trying to make it thin enough to limit refraction, but still thick enough for it to be safe. I, I'm presuming they're going to be. They're going to have had a couple of different models made. Yes, yes, and that's why, like, if you if you compare this to F1 Shield, uh, the the windscreen is actually slightly larger. It's it's placed further away from the driver, so refraction hopefully will be less. Like they're just trying to. They know it will work, but they're like trying to make it as comfortable for the driver as possible. Do we, do we really need driver input, though? <laughs> I mean, the windscreen would just be more petty than a halo. Um, I mean, it's pretty I key in most sports to just never ask the drivers anything. 
Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't ask them for their opinions of anything. Um, but I do want to just I want to try and sign off here on one note. Uh, I think that I think that everybody um, should value at least one driver's opinion on the world today. Sitting in Best Buy parking lot, waiting for it to open. Dude parked next to me doing the same. Black spray painted Honda Accord, jamming death metal, vaping, wearing a Clint Boyer hat. Hashtag America. 10.08 a.m. February 6, 2018. Ralph Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> at Dale Jr. Oh my god. Daytona 500's in two weeks, y'all. Boy. The first part of Donica's farewell tour. <laughs> Um, we, we, we went, we went. Before, before we get off this recording, I just want to say that, like, just just right at the end there, one of you mentioned Lewis, and I finally realised that all of these asides that you've been making to Lewis are to the guy who edits. The <laughs> no. Yes, and not like a really weird series of like slightly meme comments to Lewis Hamilton. Nope. Um, quite so, quite like, frankly, I've, both I've, could I've qualify, just been living but... a slightly different world to all of you for this podcast. <laughs> but hey, that's because that's because you were under the impression that this podcast was going to start recording um, about an hour and ten minutes earlier than it actually did. Yes. Which... Yeah. So I I've, I'm in a different timeline now. I'm I'm one of the the diverse. I'm in the cor- I'm in the I'm in the correct timeline. <laughs> no, no, I want I want to be in the timeline where Lewis Hamilton listens to this show and might even edits it. <laughs> well, well, he's, is... he's got a lot of studio equipment. Yeah. What about the one where James Hinchcliffe is on our homepage? <laughs> I, I, I have no objections to this. May, may I add? I, no, I have no, no objections to this. We do have the one thing we mentioned all the IndyCar liveries that came out. We have to mention this livery, Danica Patrick's livery for her last, hopefully last, Daytona 500. Five I'm minutes not... in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Five minutes in Microsoft Paint. Could somebody put I, it in the chat? I've actually I seen built this. That, uh, I built that livery using a popular web domain supplier. <laughs> <laughs> and their pre-built what? options. Was it Wix? I... Was it Squarespace? Because it certainly wasn't GoDaddy. <laughs> Wait a minute, guys, guys, guys! I've not seen this yet. Somebody put it in the chat. I'm not, you, you can get okay, a live reaction out of live it. Live reactions here to Danica yeah. Patrick. Get it. 2018 yeah. Indianapolis yeah. Daytona 500 livery. Yeah, I'll, I'll link her Twitter post with the pictures. Give me a sec. Like, like you'll, you'll get a live reaction out of your friendly neighborhood host in just okay. a second. Okay. It's in the chat. <laughs> have fun. Let's have a look. Oh, damn. That's... Bad. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Let's look at that... it from the three-quarter perspective. I mean, one of the things that this really flags, and, like, I I don't know, I mean, this is a little bit, like, not sticking to sports here, but, like, why are GoDaddy oh, no. still using a logo that I think is, like, one of the kind of, like, office stock photos of, like please remember to tidy the kitchen or whatever um from like windows 95's clip art like how is that it's not right how is that still a thing that they're using I and putting don't... on a race car i i can i just say i love how the stones it's danica um whatever the double uh, yeah danica, danica double, double. 
she, 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 she still to get a ride confirmed in IndyCar. Yeah, she, she doesn't still... have an IndyCar ride yet. She didn't a month ago. Nope. She didn't have this ride. <laughs> but she but... yet announced her retirement and retirement tour without any without any racing seats. That's got fucking balls, forward. man. Like I respect the shit out of Danica Patrick and like. Um... Yeah, oh, you, I mean, obviously, I'm being you, 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 hip, but... Yeah, you, you don't want to know the story how we got up to this point. It, it does not make Danica Patrick look good or yeah. intelligent. No, no, no. We, keep we, keep that pristine image. <laughs> yeah, keep that, image. keep that image, keep that image. I mean, you, you just have... Uh, Rahul Letterman Lanigan had a statement the other day, which basically went, no... We're, dope. we're not having her as a driver. No, we're not. We want to focus on doing well in the series. We want to focus well on doing well in the entire season. And having a media circus around her will not be good for us trying to do well in the season. Yeah, pretty. She basically called Danica a distraction. Yeah, pr- like, and pretty much that was the same statement that every other major team in IndyCar put out after she announced that she was going to come back to Indianapolis. That we, we won't be running Danica Patrick. <laughs> The first two being the two teams that she raced with, Andretti of Sport and Ray Hall Ledman Lan- Lanigan Racing. Because at that point in time, Danica Patrick had zero sponsors. And her, la- yeah. her last sponsor failed to pay her team money. But they did get prime advertising <laughs> on an Emmy Award winning Fox television spot. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's, it's it's not pretty, yo. It's not pretty. But uh, hey, best of luck to her. Just a shame the livery is so shit. <laughs> but you know, I just I just hope she makes it the whole five hundred miles incident free, so I don't have people complaining on the internet. <laughs> Can't have that. Side note. I mean, I I don't like to be a pessimist here, but it's possible that regardless of what happens in the Indy five hundred, somebody's going to complain on the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of inevitability, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I try, oh god, how I try to believe that maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe this will be the year that we get through a, an F1 season without complete, uh, people complaining on the internet. When we actually get to it, obviously, people have complained <laughs> on the internet up until now. But, but maybe when it starts, this will usher in a new era of harmony and peace and um, nobody will complain on the internet and perhaps there won't be any men in my mentions um, but I just uh, I despair <laughs> I, despair. I mean maybe, maybe this is, is just me being old like you know I'm 31 in two days time and, and uh, well one day's time now um, and uh, perhaps uh, I, I just I've just lost that sense of magic. But I, I think people are... What Maybe my biggest prediction for motorsport in 2018 is that, that some fuckers sure are going to complain on the internet. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I hate individualism with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of an over-exaggeration, but fine, we'll close on that. Yeah, and on that note, <laughs> it's, it's time to end the show. But just before we go, Hazel, tell the good people at home where they can find you. Uh, so you can find me, uh, I write for uh, eracing.net, um, I write for Crash sometimes, 
Um, I write for Drive Track now, which is exciting. Um, awesome. Uh, I write uh, occasionally in various other places, uh, like Medium and uh, for City Metric about different things. Um, and uh, I still sometimes do music journalism. Um, Sweet. But uh, so for like the BBC and various other places. Uh, so you can stalk me anywhere, really. Uh, but the best place to stalk me uh, is if you uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, as H Southwell, uh, spelt all the ways you would expect F E, because uh, I am the only uh, racing journalist to have, to have tied my uh, flag to the electric pole and. Uh, yeah, everyone's still not, in the F one camp. Not for racing or F one because my name's too long. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you like, for having ser- me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. You're welcome back anytime, Hazel. God, god, god damn. Um, it's 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 been an absolute blast to have your insight on the show. And on a sincere note, Hazel's one of the finest writers in in motorsport, in my humble opinion. So if you're not following her, what are you doing with yourselves? Get on that already. Um, take it from me. I like a good chunk of shit I've done recently has been based off some awesome journalism there. The first person that may not have known, I mentioned it in said video, but if you never saw my my video blog on the confessions of a closet Hamilton fan, I would never have made that video if it wasn't for Hazel's piece about it on a Medium page. So, you know, just, just, I'm, just I'm just pointing you guys in the right direction, if you haven't already. But uh, just before we go, just before we go, basically you can find us one more time, YouTube and Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101, full of pictures of our selfies now, because that's always fun. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks, RJ, for that one. <laughs> I, I, I see you. I see you over there. Um, but uh, I've also got our Twitters, all, all personal Twitters as well, at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King. At Weezoe, at RJ O'Connell, and as mentioned, at Hate Southwell FE as well. Uh, and if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, again, you can back us there. $5 gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live, which will be back next week. And that'll be a special one because it'll be episode 46. We're totally not talking about Valentino Rossi. Just saying. But also, I'll, I'll say this, I said it on Twitter earlier in the week, but I'll, I'll repeat it here as well real quick. That'll be the final fortnightly episode of Bike Live. We are going back to weekly shows in the middle of February for Bike Live. So um, getting ready for the World Superbike season as well. So a World Superbike season preview will be in two weeks' time. So check that out as well. It's bound to be great. Will Jonathan Ray make it four in a row? Probably. But um, all the good stuff heading into the 2018 World Superbike season as well, coming up real soon with me and Lewis. Um, right, that just about does it for this for this double episode of Motorsport 101. I hope you guys enjoyed both shows. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you very much for listening. And sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. Bye. Oh, 
I can't believe we didn't get to mention this throughout the entire two episodes span that, man, Dre, the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you are all gonna pay.